Well, good morning and welcome. Good to be back with you today. In case you're wondering who is this bald guy, Bob Lohman, served with Metropolitan Baptist Association. On behalf of our 150 churches across the county, we say good morning. We're glad we're together today across the city, worshiping the Lord and spending time together as his people. Um, been doing this now for, it's my 18th year with the association, but uh, privileged to serve here in Charlotte uh, those years and before, but so glad you're here and glad that we can trust the Lord and, and worship him together today. Thank you for singing this morning. Sometimes I'm in a church and I don't hear anybody sing. I'm a singer, uh, but I have to be careful these days. I don't cough while I'm singing, but... Um, uh, but thanks for lifting up your voices to the Lord today. It is the fourth Sunday of 2024. Okay, how, many, how many of you does it feel like it's the 28th day of January? It's supposed to be like the 8th, right? But January is almost done already. But we're still in the first month. We're still in the process here, the fourth try at it, of starting a year of Sundays. Uh, it's back a number of years ago. Okay, I'll tell you how many. It was next month, three, 13 years ago, when I turned 50. Now, if you can do math, you know how old I'll be next month. But um, you're saying, he's preaching and making us do math. Oh. Anyway, um, and I'm sorry, if I say something that's supposed to be funny, if you'd humor me by giggling at least a little bit, it'd make me feel better. Okay, so thank you. I feel better. Good. But anyway, it was 13 years ago. Um, I really was, was uh, wrestling with turning 50, and I turned 50 on a Sunday, February 20th, back then. And um, uh, it hit me. I've, effective that date, I had lived 50 years of Sundays. And for almost a solid year, God really dealt with me about that. And so it was dealing with me so significant about what have I done with 50 years of Sundays that... Um, Thankfully, I was able to preach in one of our churches that Sunday, so I, I shared it with them too. But anyway, um, the point being, we've got we've to be careful how we number our days. And we're 28 days into 2024. So how are we doing with this year? And how are we doing especially with, as the song was saying, lifting our eyes and seeing and worshiping the Lord Most High, opening our ears and hearing what he has to say to us. That's the title of the message today, listening to the Lord of the new year. And if you're, if we're going to read in a moment, John 15 verses 7 to 11 is our text. But before we get there, uh, just to introduce all that a little further, I'm really convinced that listening for the Lord and his word is key for us in 2024, not just this year, but every year, every day. But uh, a question I've been asked often as a pastor and now in, in ministry further, um, actually it's one of our, in my second church I pastored up in the mountains, somebody asked one day, Pastor Bob, how, how often do you think God speaks to us? It's a new Christian asking the question. And I thought about that for a minute. You know, we believe this is God's word. So anytime we read the scriptures, we're hearing God speak or seeing God speak. But my answer to them was, was I, I believe that every time we read or hear a verse of scripture, anytime we hear or sense his leading in prayer, he's speaking. He's speaking, he can speak to us anytime he wants to. And could it really be that he's always speaking and we only hear him when we slow down enough to listen? He's always trying to get our attention. I'm convinced of that. 
And I only hear when I slow down enough to say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my foot off the gas, hit the brakes for a minute, and just pay attention to what you need to say to me. At the end of each year, did this last month, uh, I try to get away for some still time with the Lord, uh, reviewing the year that's wrapping up and getting ready for the new year to come. Um, and really, if you haven't done anything like that yet at the end of last year or first of this year, I encourage you to take some time today, this week, in these moments, and then maybe even this day, uh, as you spend time in God's Word personally, reviewing where you are and where you believe the Lord would have you to go in 2024. Now, we don't know what the new year holds, but he does. Of course, we're hearing plenty of stuff about politics and world conflict and the economy and more. <coughs> and that's good, I guess. But more important than all of that is what is God saying to us about all of that as we live out this year? We need to be listening to him. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is ready to lead us as we listen for his direction each new day he provides by his grace. So today, let's decide, at least in these moments, to listen to the Lord of the new year together. That said, hear these words from God's word, John 15, verses seven through 11. If you're familiar with John 15, this is where Jesus unpacks the truth about him, him, he being the vine and we're the branches. But further down of the chapter, seven verses down, this is what he says, starting verse seven, reading through verse 11. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then verse 11, I've told you these things, Jesus said, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Let's pray together. Almighty God, in these moments, enter our hearts and so fill us with your love that forsaking all evil desires, we may embrace you, our only good. Show unto us, Lord, for your mercy's sake, what you are to us. Say to our souls, I am your salvation. So speak that we may hear. Our hearts are before you. Open our ears and let us hasten after your voice and take hold of you. In Jesus' name, amen. No matter which translation you're reading, the words remain and abide are all in this chapter. Jesus is talking, telling us to remain in him, remain in his love, abide in him. Uh, sometimes I think that may confuse folks, but don't let that happen. We're not talking about here, he's not talking about an emotion or an experience, but a fixed reality, who and whose we are in Christ. We're supposed to remain there. We're supposed to abide there. We're supposed to live there with him, listening for him, trusting in him. 
Jesus is saying here, true disciples are connected to me. So abide in me, remain in me, get your life from me. Live out your life connected to me. The context of, of these verses here in chapter 15 of John speaks of Jesus as the true vine, and we as his disciples are the branches of that vine. So we're supposed to stay connected to him like a branch does to a vine, like a branch does to a tree. Get your life from him like a branch does from its source. A branch only can remain alive if life flows from that trunk or vine to the branch connected to it. So stay connected to Jesus. Listen for him. Follow him. Remember his words to you. And practice what you've learned from him. The life of Jesus flows through each of us who are Christians. And apart from him and his life, as he says, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Because of his life working in us, we can face each day, we can overcome temptation, we can live the Christ life, trusting and obeying him. Look again at verse seven. He says, if my words remain in you, think about that, if my words remain in you, meaning if we remember and practice his words to us, if we really listen to and apply what he says. Then in verse 10, he says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. If you do what he says, if we do what he says, we'll remain with him in his love. We're close and connected to him. Jesus set the example for us. He kept his father's commands, remained in his love, just as he says there in, in verse 10. He and the father are connected like we need to be connected to him. We should do the same as we live and begin this new year. Then Jesus says in verse 11, look what he says, I've told you these things. I've spoken to you. I've given you my words. And notice Jesus is telling us he's been speaking. He wants us to hear. But why? Why has he told us what he's told us? Why has he spoken to us? Why has he communicated his word to us? Verse 11, so that his joy may be in us and our joy in him might be complete, full, perfect. If we want to know the joy of the Lord, we need to listen to what he says to us and apply it. If we want to know full, complete joy in living, we need to listen to and do what he says. Now, we've, we've all heard many sermons I mean, the older you are, probably the more you've heard. Understandable, okay? We've read many Bible passages. We've learned Bible verses. Some of us on a pretty regular basis have read through the scriptures cover to cover. We've gained insight from God's word in a variety of ways through the years. Challenge though, the challenge is, and the challenge of moving forward toward Christian maturity isn't in knowing a lot of truth or having years of Bible study in our experience. Now, don't misunderstand, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? The problem we face too often in our time is we've equated knowledge gained with maturity. The more you know, the more mature you are. And that's not exactly true. Biblically speaking, that's not what Christian maturity looks like. 
Christian maturity doesn't come from information gained and knowledge acquired. Christian maturity comes from knowledge gained and lessons learned and applied to our living as in obedience. So Christian maturity isn't knowledge-based, it's obedience-based. So how are we doing as we step a little further into the year 2024 with obedience, with doing what God told us to do? You know, it's like when our parents, at least mine did, would tell me that I need to listen to them. That didn't mean just hear the words they were saying. That meant hear the words they were saying and do what I was told to do. Obey. Are we satisfied with just knowing what Jesus has said? Or are we committed to doing what Jesus said? James 1.22 puts it this way. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving ourselves. I remember Satan and his demons, they know what the Bible says. They know who Jesus is. But they don't follow or obey him like we're supposed to do. One survey a number of years ago asked Christians in the U.S. that out of all they knew from Scripture, these are people who identify themselves as regular church-going Christians, okay? That out of all they knew from Scripture, what percentage of that knowledge did they actually do or obey? And the survey answer came back, I would say, pretty generously. They said they did uh, 70 to 80 percent of what they knew from Scripture. Now, I don't know about you, but how would we feel if our children gave us a 70 to 80 percent obedience rating? Well, you may say, well, I felt pretty good getting that. But still, that's a point, okay? Okay? And then I know my mom and dad, they weren't looking for 80%. They were looking for around 100%. If you didn't give close to 100%, something's gonna, there could be some come to Jesus meetings going on, you know? We have to deal with that. As we look ahead to this year, actually let's look back. Go back to last year as we step into 2024 a little further. How have we done in obeying what Jesus told us to do last year? And how are we doing this year with applying what we know? You know, we've, we've all probably had some resolutions we made. You know, the, the rule is, when's February 1st, Thursday or Friday, this week? That's the date all the resolutions die. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I hope not, but usually so, yes. But how are we doing? Doing what the Lord's told us to do. How are we doing in obeying Him? So what I want us to do today is just do some review of some of the lessons Jesus has spoken to us in the Gospels. Some of the instruction he's given us. So I encourage you to take note, write these references down, and let's learn from these lessons so that this year we can live a life more in line with obedience in our living. So first, from our text today, Jesus said, abide in my love, remain in my love, or stay close to me, other way to put that. Staying close to Jesus is the key to living the Jesus life. As branches of the vine, we gain our strength by drawing on his strength. And we get that strength by being connected to him. We just had a pretty good sized tree cut down in our front yard the last Friday of last year. And as the, the guys lopping off limbs, I think, well, that limb's not going to do anything again. <laughs> They're gone. They're dying. We've got to be connected to know life. We have, to be, we have to be connected to abide. What's the best way to abide as a Christian in Christ? I'm convinced it is through the discipline of prayer. By communing and communicating with the Lord in prayer, we stay close to Him. And when we're prone to wander, which we are, 
prayer can bring us back into his presence. So find ways in this new year to increase your praying on your own in private devotion and with others in corporate intercession. You'll find yourself closer to Jesus than you thought possible if you spend quantity time with him in prayer. Notice that's the word I said, quantity time. I used to try to make the excuse that if I spent a good three or four minutes in my quiet time, I was gonna have a good day. Folks, that's hardly time to sneeze. You know, find time, make time. I mean, goodness gracious, we'll sit down and watch a movie for two hours, right? Can we give the Lord 30 minutes? About 45 minutes. In the morning, I'm just, I've grown to this, but this is where I am now. I need to have around an hour in the morning just to be still before the Lord. Otherwise, my day is going to be all messed up. I just need that time. We need that time with him. And it's interesting, the more you sit there with your Bible open, your heart ready, and your pen in your hand with your journal beside you, God's going to give you some things to remember and note. Important that we do that. Abiding in his love. Practicing prayer. In Matthew 26, Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, the flesh is is weak. It's Matthew 26, 41. Now that text comes from Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest and crucifixion, and he'd taken Peter, James, and John with him. They were supposed to wait and watch with him. Instead, they waited and fell asleep on him. You know, sometimes our greatest opportunities for prayer and trust come just before a time of great trial. So stay close to Jesus in prayer, depending on him. Our spirits are often willing, but our flesh is most definitely weak. So we need to watch and pray. Watch for challenges that come and pray for God's strength to face those challenges with grace and strength. During my retreat last month, the Lord led me to my word for 2024. I don't know if y'all do this or not, but I try to come up with a word. One word that's my kind of watchword for the year, a word for the year. And actually that, I just gave it away. It is a watchword, but my word this year is watch, W-A-T-C-H, watch. The Lord's led me to focus on watching in the coming year, and I'd really wrestled for a text that fit that. Um, I'd gone to the Matthew 26 passage, but this past week, I got my text, got it on my card. Micah 7, 7, you want a good verse for watching? Here it is, Micah 7, 7 says, but as for me, the prophet said, as for me, I will be on the watch for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. That's a good verse. That's my, watch is my word. Micah 7, 7 is my verse for this year. Find what, just find ways to focus on what God's saying to you and how you can stay, stay concentrating on what he's doing. Watching what he's doing so you can join him in his work. Watching what temptations and spiritual struggle come your way and how you need his armor and grace to face them. Watching how he'd have you respond to needs around you with prayerful grace and generosity. Staying alert as you live and serve. Watching for ways to trust and obey the Lord day by day. Jesus said in Matthew 16, if anyone wants to follow after me, you get what he says, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, 
Luke says, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life because of me, Jesus said, will find it. Think about these words from Jesus. We'll find our lives. We'll find the lives God wants us to have if we deny ourselves to trust and obey him. We'll have no idea, I'm convinced of this, we will have no idea how amazingly blessed our lives could be unless we lose our lives in following Jesus. I mean, think about it for a minute. Let your mind just go for a second. What might God do if just us in this room, just us, okay, nobody else, just us, what might God do if each of us denied ourselves and followed Jesus in a radically new way this year? What could that look like? Whose lives could be touched? What hearts could be changed? And we pray for revival in the church and spiritual awakening in our culture. Folks, revival looks like people denying themselves and following Jesus. That's what revival looks like. Luke 10, 2 is another verse to listen to Jesus about. As he sent his disciples out on mission, he said to them this, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. In 2024, in this year, we really need to be praying that the Lord will send out workers into the harvest around us and around the world. Because when we ask him to do it, he does it. He really does. You know, it was 2,000 years ago, Jesus said those words. It was true then, still true now. Still true. The harvest is still abundant. The workers are still few. Lord, send out workers. Send us out. Lord, we need to say, send us out. Our International Mission Board at Southern Baptist, you know, my tribe, our, our board says, and our president, Paul Chitwood, says regularly that the world's greatest problem is lostness. And it is. Dr. Chid would like to make the point that, and this is true, accurate statistic, 157,690 people die every day without Christ. Right at 158,000 people. That's a lot of people going to face eternity. 59% of the world's population is considered unreached today. 3,072 People groups are unreached and unengaged, which means there's no active work going on with them and less than 2% of those people are evangelical Christians. The needs are great. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Now connect that with Matthew 28, Jesus' great commission for us. When Jesus said, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching, he gave us our mission statement in that text as Christians. In all that we do in the days ahead, the Great Commission needs to be a key focus from our neighborhoods to the nations. And here in Charlotte, there are over 200 people groups that live here with us now from around the world. The nations are here, as we like to say pretty regularly. The nations are in our neighborhoods. What are we going to do about it? Not to be afraid. We just need to reach them. 
but I don't speak their language. Then find somebody that does. Engage a neighbor with the good news and hope of Jesus. It needs to be our focus. Okay, another passage, another thing to listen to. Matthew 6. Jesus was teaching his followers not to worry or be anxious, but to trust the Heavenly Father who knows our needs. <clears throat> he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you're concerned about will be added to you, will be given to you, provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus knew what he was talking about. It's easy to fall into the trap of worry and anxiety about our situations, our needs, and more. But Jesus reminded us that if we'll focus on him and his plans for us, all that we need will be provided. Now, just to make sure we're clear, those just aren't nice sounding preacher words, okay? That's what Jesus said. And we can trust him to make it so. They're the words of Jesus to us, God's truth for us today. Each day does have enough trouble of its own. All God's people said, amen. It does, they do. They do. But we trust the Lord who's Lord of all and every day and the provider of all that we have and need. Then in John 14, Jesus said this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Friends, the world needs, world needs to hear those words. But the problem is, very often when the world he hears those words I just read, they hear them and laugh. As they don't believe what Jesus says. But we do believe Jesus. We do trust in him. We do hope in him. Charles Spurgeon is the one who said, trust in Christ brings to God greater glory than anything else we can produce. Simply trusting in the Lord. We're here to be witnesses of the fact that Jesus, what, that what Jesus said is true. And we can depend on him, come what may, no matter what, until he either comes again or takes us home to himself. We are his witnesses while we watch for his return. You know, as I think about some of these words, especially the last few, have two close friends that one just had his second brain surgery last week, last Friday, um, dealing with glioblastoma, brain cancer. My mom had that. Um, opted for no treatment because she'd seen my dad deal with cancer treatments and she lasted seven weeks. Went heaven, went to heaven. Another friend just came down to Atrium, Maine this week, violently ill, and when they did scans, they found a mass on his pancreas, doing a biopsy this morning. You know, if I just heard those two stories, actually, they've already been heavy this week. But if I heard those and didn't trust the Lord who said he was my provider of peace and he's able to do whatever needs to be done in those lives, I'd be crawling under a pew right now and just staying there for a while. But folks, we're people of hope. 
We're people of faith. And of all things, Jesus said he told us all these things so that, our, his, that his joy would be in us and our joy would be complete. Joy. Even on difficult days. These are just some of the words Jesus has spoken to us in his word. Think for a moment. Ask the Lord to remind you, maybe do this this afternoon, a little bit of time on your hands if you, have, if you can. Ask the Lord to remind you of words that he's spoken to you that you really need to remember and hold on to and put into practice this year. Write those words down and ask somebody to help you be accountable to obeying those words, believing those words in the days ahead. It was Luke 11 where the woman said how blessed Jesus' mother was to have birthed him. And she exclaimed this praise to the Lord, which is nice. But it's interesting, Jesus responded and said, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. They're the ones that are blessed. Blessed are those who hear God's word and do what it says. So listen to the Lord Jesus today. He's Lord of this new year and of every year that we've seen or ever will see. We can depend on him. He's watching to see who will listen to and follow him in the days ahead. You know, it's interesting, I've been preaching now for, sorry, when I was eight, 17, so 46 years ago. Been preaching all these years. Anytime I preach, anytime I come to bring a message like this to any church, I ask for God's direction on the text and the message I'm to bring that day. Why? Because I believe that God speaks to us, speaks to each one of us, through his word. So I believe this message I just shared with you today is what God wanted me to share at Grace Covenant this morning. Not a coincidence. I just didn't say, I didn't flip a coin and say, oh, which text do you want to look at? It? No. This is a prayerful decision. So that means someone, at least one person here, needed to hear this today. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I think that's how the Lord works. Very often I've preached a sermon, put my heart into it, laid it out, said amen, sat down or leaving the church. And one person would come up during the departure time and say, that was for me today. I don't control that. The Lord does. You know what you've heard today. You know which verse got your attention. Don't let that go by. Hold on to it. Be that person that will hear what Jesus said. Hold it close and apply it to life. Today is God's day for you to do just that. So don't wait till tomorrow to decide to listen to the Lord this year. Decide today. Like the chorus we learned when we were younger says, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to listen to and follow Jesus. So what's your decision today? Think about it. 
Lord, that's our prayer, that's our hope today. That this portion of your word, all these portions of your word, Lord, today would speak to our hearts. You'd get our attention, Lord, so that we can know that you're serious about who you are and what you can do. And who you want us to be as branches of the vine. Lord, help us to be dependent on you. Ready to listen to you. Ready to apply what we hear so that we can live the Jesus kind of life. God, there's so many people around us that need to know the hope that we know. Need to have the joy that we have. Need to sense and celebrate the peace that you give us. So Lord, help us to be your people today on purpose. Trusting, listening, following. In Jesus' name. Amen.